We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears for the Bear Report website. The podcast is powered by Overtime Media. Now, here's Zach and Aaron. And welcome into another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Zach Pearson. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming. Aaron, it's been about six days since we've talked, man. How you doing? Doing all right, man. Getting uh, getting closer. What, the combine's over now and all the... All the veterans are starting to get released. I mean, the uh, the offseason is upon us. Yeah, finally, about time. We don't have any more dead periods or anything like that. Now everything starts picking up. And, you know, like we talked last week um, on the show that the Combine is kind of like the appetizer to the free agency period and the offseason. And now, like, I- I'm just ready. I'm in full free agent mode. I know we still have, what, six more days until we actually get into that uh, legal tampering period on Monday. But... You know, a lot went on today because of the deadline for to tag players. Yeah, it's uh, man. I, I I don't know, man. I'm I'm looking at the I'm looking at the list of free agents because I kind of you know I do a top fifteen list uh, each year for free agents just in general, and I'm I'm looking right now, and I got to say there is quite a bit of talent on the market. I, I think there was a few guys that got uh, or that didn't get tagged that were kind of surprised. Uh, you know, naturally, of course, Robbie Gold's the only kicker that gets tagged, but. I think that in terms of all these teams trying to go out and spend money, I think it's definitely going to be a good thing just because, I mean, like I said, there's there's a good amount of talent on the market. I mean, Landon Collins didn't get tagged. Trey Flowers didn't get tagged. Uh, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith. I mean, those guys that, that could have been tagged that didn't. C.J. Mosley, another guy. Uh, I mean, there's a Le'Veon Bell. I mean, there's there's a good amount of top-end talent. Even Earl Talent, uh, Earl, Earl, Talent Earl Thomas. I mean, there's <laughs> Earl Thomas Trent- has talent. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Trent Brown. I mean, the the list goes on and on. So it's I don't know that obviously the top in town, I don't think that really means anything for the Bears. But I think when you're when you're looking at the overall free agent period and you see that there's going to be some top in talent, there's a lot of second tier talent and there's going to be the third tier talent as well. I mean, there's there's enough players to go around where teams like the Jets and some of these other teams that have close to 100 million dollars in space don't have to overpay on the, you know, on the secondary market in terms of, you know, let, let's just say in, in, instead of going out and signing a guy like Ronald Darby, for example, maybe one of those teams wants to go out and overspend on a guy like Bryce Callahan. I think that's kind of taken care of. I think when you look at the safety market, especially, I, I think that's kind of one of the big developments today is the fact that Landon Collins didn't, didn't go anywhere. Uh, I mean, he's or sorry. He's more the point. He's going to go somewhere. You got Earl Thomas, uh, the Honey Badger, LaMarcus Joyner, HaHa Clinton Dix, Eric Weddle got released today. Uh, obviously, Adrian Amos is in that mix. And and I think this is kind of a cause and effect because I think you look at what the Bears have right now hitting the market in terms of their big names. you got Bryce Callahan and Adrian Amos are the two big names. It's, those are names that we've been talking about for a while. And I think that you, you could agree with this as well, that the, the feeling was kind of moving into today, uh, you know, that, that they were going to have to go one or the other just for the simple fact that they may have not really been able to afford both players. But I think that we're starting to see uh, enough talent hit the market, especially at safety and even nickel corner to a certain extent where maybe these guys aren't going to be as much in demand as they were, which is obviously going to lower the price tag. 
Yeah, I think today's news was actually good for the Bears. You know, a team that doesn't have as much cap space as, say, like the Jets or the Colts. Um, and, and for that reason that you mentioned, the, the, the amount of talent, how deep the safety position is in free agency this year is remarkable. And, and even at defensive back with someone like Bryce Callahan, I think the Bears are going to be, you know, in some pretty good shape. Um, coming out, you know, before we fully dive into that, though, coming out of that scouting combine, was there anything that kind of caught your eye? Um you know, since the last time we talked, we, we kind of broke down Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. And I think we were both in agreement where the Bears are probably going to draft a running back or they're going to sign a running back in free agency. Uh, was there anything else maybe that kind of caught your eye that you didn't get to mention on the podcast or that happened since then? Well, I think when you look at the overall testing results, I think a few things stood out. Running backs ran uh, and tested a lot worse than I figure they would I think that you're really kind of seeing that it's not a bad running back class by any means but I think that the Bears are definitely going to have to be uh, picky and choosy of what they do and I think ultimately they may end up having to draft one in the third round if they want a starting caliber player and I think you look at receiver receiver is freakish this year I mean obviously everybody's talking about DK Metcalf but there was that plenty. Beast, I know, yeah, man, it's Jeez. it's crazy. I mean, but there's there's so much talent at the receiver position where you're going to see guys that would normally go in the second or third round and and pass draft classes. I think you're going to see some of those guys sl- slip into the fourth and the fifth. Uh, and then I think defensive backs definitely uh, didn't test quite as well. I mean, there were a few guys on there, and then uh, even even Ed Rusher was a little interesting. That the the Polite guy from uh, uh, from Florida, man, some of the the horror stories that uh that were coming out of that and just some of the stuff that he was saying about how bad it you know basically how bad of an interviewer he was uh, there was a lot of concern that he was kind of uncoachable to begin with and I don't think he really did himself any favors so I think when you look at it overall from a you know from a combine perspective I think you can definitely see where the strengths are I don't think there's a lot of top end talent in this draft which isn't a big deal especially for a team like the Bears who don't pick until the end of the third round anyway uh, but I do think that there is going to be a pretty good amount of talent. I think this is a deep draft. I just don't think there's a ton of top-end talent. But I think that you're going to see that second, third, and fourth-round talent still be there in those later rounds. And I think especially in a situation like the Bears are in right now, that's definitely going to help. Yeah, I think that combine actually helped the Bears. I mean, those running backs, man, they look slow. I know we were kind of talking about it as they were running their 40-yard dashes. Those were not the times I expected. Now, a couple of them did have better um, times on their second you know, go with it. But man, I think that kind of helps the bears in the fact that one of their targets might slip to the third round or maybe even the fourth round. If the bears want to go a different route. Um, yeah, I, the quarterbacks were a little interesting for me. Obviously everything was on Kyler Murray going into the week. And I think he answered and handled everything well, um, tested out fine. He didn't throw or anything like that. So we'll have to wait till his pro day. But I mean, none of these quarterbacks really are standing out to me in a way that, like in previous years where we've had a couple guys that have just been surefire top 10 picks. And, you know, you look at the guys like Daniel Jones from Duke and Ryan Finley from NC state. I mean, yeah, they're good, but are they really franchise quarterbacks? And and that's something I'm actually going to keep an eye on because not in, in relating to the bears, but with other teams, I always like to see other teams with quarterback needs and how they address them. Um, but yeah, in the Florida kid who had probably one of the worst combines of all time, polite or polite, whatever his name is. And, I'm interested to see how that impacts his um, draft stock. But, yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting combine. It was fun. I was there for a few days. It was very tiring and exhausting. The way they set it up is kind of interesting because you're kind of going back and forth to places. And many people don't know you actually don't get to watch the drills, you know, live. So it's like everyone thinks, oh, you're there with the credential. You get to watch the 40. You're there to watch the 40. No, you don't get to watch. You get to watch the bench press. But, um, yeah, we have a lot on our show today. Obviously, we touched a little bit on the free agency period. Um, that starts in six days. Before we get into all the free agency stuff that you'll ever need from a Bear podcast, let's hit our first break and we'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. The Old West is an iconic period of American history. I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. And welcome back to the Bear Report Podcast. Uh, we've talked a little bit about free agents, so we have a lot more of that to come. Um, we're just getting 
talking about the scouting combine, and as I mentioned, Kyler Murray. I know, Aaron, you have you have some interesting thoughts. You're an Oklahoma fan. You've got to watch Kyler Murray. You've got to watch Baker Mayfield over the past couple of years. Both won Heisman trophies, which is remarkable. What do you think about these rumors swirling about the Cardinals taking Kyler Murray and Josh Rosen's status? You know, a year after they traded up to draft him. It's man, I, I just I have a hard time understanding. Okay, now I get that the Cardinals are a little bit in a transition here. Um, I personally didn't think that hiring Cliff Kingsbury was a very smart idea to begin with. I understand everybody's looking for that next offensive mind, but you're talking about a guy that's unproven in the NFL and really didn't have a good uh, track record uh, at in in the college ranks at Texas Tech. And I think that. It's an interesting situation because their GM, Steve Keem, is somebody who, by all accounts, is basically not in control of anything right now. But, I mean, just to kind of rewind a little bit, they took Josh Rosen at number 10 last year. He was the fourth quarterback taken out of five in the first round last they, year. They traded up for him, didn't they? Yeah, if I yeah. if I remember right. And that's so that's kind of my thing. Okay, so... And I kind of want to put this into perspective for Bears fans that maybe they're not as close to the situation. Maybe they don't care. Uh, but I mean, let's just put this in perspective of we all know that Josh Rosen struggled a little bit this year or this last year. Uh, the, the Cardinals were a dumpster fire. I mean, it's really as simple as that. They're an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, they fired their head coach, Steve Wilkes, after one year. Um, and I don't think he should ever got hired in the first place. But that's beside the point at this at this time. But. You look at Josh Rosen, right? I had him as one of my top quarterbacks last year. I th- I still think he's going to be really good. I know he rubbed some people the wrong way. But in terms of what they're doing right now, right, I get they have the number one overall pick. If it was me personally, I'm looking at that Cardinals roster. They have a lot of holes that they need to get figured out. So why not trade that pick, even if you're trading down, let's just say maybe a team like the Raiders who are reportedly looking at a quarterback and maybe uh, moving on from Carr. I mean, why not trade up, You know, trade down to four and pick up some other picks and be able to do some different things with it. I, I guess my my confusion is, and maybe this will kind of put it in perspective for Bears fans, is we know that, that Trubisky struggled in year one. So what would have happened if the Bears bring in Matt Nagy and he turns around and, you know, they want to trade, you know, trade up into the, you know, or trade a little higher or take a quarterback and then just say, you know, screw it. Uh, you know, we're going to go ahead and get rid of Trubisky. I mean, I think we've seen enough oh, dude, people, over the last. Sorry to interrupt you, but Chicago fans would. Oh, my God, dude. Well, and that's, and I guess that's kind of my point here, right, is that you're looking at a situation where you have a quarterback who obviously struggled. He had no weapons around him for the most part. Uh, I mean, the, the team was just a dumpster fire. They had the wrong coach. They bring in the right coach, and all of a sudden – you want to get rid of the guy, and that's the other thing that's kind of interesting to me is there's a lot of talk that they may they may only be able to get a third-round pick for him. So you're talking about a guy that you possibly traded up for. I can't remember. Uh, I think they did. But either way, you took at number 10, regardless. You, t- you took a quarterback at, with a 10th pick uh, last year in the 2018 draft, and now you're saying that you're going to trade him for basically whatever you can get out of him. Then you're going to turn around and you're going to take a guy like Kyler Murray. I like Kyler Murray. I'm an Oklahoma fan. With that being said, all these comparisons to Baker Mayfield, I don't think are, are, are remotely close. I think Baker Mayfield had the it factor. He had, I mean, if you're a White Sox fan, you get the reference, you know, the will to win, the TWTW. I mean, that's just something oh, that man. he has. I mean, the, the dude is a baller. He's going to be an extremely good quarterback, maybe one of the best quarterbacks in the league here within the next few years. I think Kyler Murray has a lot more athletic ability, but I think at the same time, he's a much less polished quarterback and People can say whatever they want, and they can say, oh, well, he, he measured at 5'10", he's fine. But the, the reality is is that you've seen a lot of these small quarterbacks, and even at Oklahoma, they spread things out, and they made it easier for him to not have to battle with that line, seeing over that line. And I think that, I get it, you know, Cliff Kingsbury has some has some history here with him, but I just, like I said, I, if you put it in the perspective of Bears fans and you say, okay, Trubisky struggled in year one. I mean, we've seen how things go with quarterbacks. Jared Goff is a, is a very uh, you know close comparison, even Trubisky to a certain extent, where a lot of rookie quarterbacks struggle, regardless of where you take them. That's just what happens. Development from year one to year two and from year two to year three, those jumps are always big. So I guess it just from a from an NFL perspective, when you look at this, to me, it just doesn't make much sense to say we're going to go ahead and give up on this guy already. We're going to throw him, you know, for a second or third round pick and call it a day and take a guy that has, in my opinion, has a much higher bust potential 
than a guy like Josh Rosen. It just, I, I think that speaks to how bad of an organization and how bad of a state the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals are right now. And well, let me ask you this. So Josh Rosen, we all know last year, you know, the quarterback class with Baker and Rosen, um, a couple other guys. Do you think Josh Rosen hands down right now would be the number one overall pick if he was I, in this class? I absolutely I, think so. I think so. And that's, and I guess you kind of hit on another point there because again, I mean, you were just talking about it a little bit ago, uh, you know, look at this quarterback class. I mean, we're talking about Dwayne Haskins who up until really probably the last, what, the half of the season wasn't even really on many people's radars as a first round pick. Daniel Jones, really uh, drew Locke, the guy with nine inch hands that has been highly inconsistent. He's kind of a poor man's version of, uh, of Josh Allen. I mean, and that, that's kind of a poor man's version of a lot of things in my opinion so you're you're talking about and then you got a guy like Kyler Murray who's a one-year starter uh with some serious size issues and it, I don't know man I, I I just I look at this quarterback class and there's been a lot of talk that there could be four guys that go in the first round and you compare this quarterback class at least in my opinion to the last few and it doesn't even stack up I don't even think that you could take the number one quarterback of this class and I don't even think it would touch the top three or top four uh yeah, last I year and I don't, I don't think, think it would Murray. touch the top three Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I don't think Murray's the number one quarterback in this class either. Yeah, and that's kind of the other debate too. I think you're kind of looking at fit uh, when you're talking about Kingsbury and, and and Murray. I don't really think Murray is either. Again, though, I don't really think this is a great quarterback class. I think if Murray goes back for another year, maybe if he's a little bit bigger, I understand that size doesn't mean everything. But I mean, you're talking, I mean, you're talking two two inches and his his overall ability. I understand he weighed in at what two o three, two o six, whatever it was. He's a small guy. He, he, I mean, it's just as simple yes, as that. He's yes. not just short. He's a small guy. And I, again, man, I just, I, I have a hard time understanding. Okay, a team like the Giants. Okay, I get it. You know, you got to take a quarterback at some point. He could sit back and develop. But if you're saying with the Cardinals, I mean, you're going to be throwing Kyler Murray into the starting role right off the bat. I mean, there's not even a thought, not even really a plan of saying, okay, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna put this guy behind somebody at least for the first few weeks of the season, like they did with Trubisky. Uh, I mean, you're just throwing them right out there. And I just, I don't know. I And maybe I'm wrong here because I haven't put nearly as much work into this quarterback class as I did a few years ago. But I watched every game that Kyler Murray played in. And I just, I don't see the number one overall ability. And I just don't see taking that big of a risk on a quarterback like that at number one overall, much less 15 or 16. I mean, I think he's kind of a bottom end of the first round kind of guy, even if you want to take that chance. I just, I... Well, I don't know, man. I think Arizona's getting themselves into a big, big issue here. The other thing, too, I mean, you touched on this earlier when you were talking about Kyler Murray. They, the Cardinals have a ton of needs, okay? And if you look at this draft, and right now you look at probably, what, the top five to six players in this draft, half of them are edge guys. Half of them look like they can be guys like Nick Bosa, um, Josh Allen from Kentucky, Montez Sweet or Montez Sweat from um, Mississippi State. Three edge guys that possibly could be generational talents. I mean, the Raiders are sitting at pick four, and we all and I'm glad the Bears have Cleo Mack. But they could possibly find their next edge guy and their next dominant edge rusher at pick number four. And I think it, it, what you're saying, you, mean, you know, trade down, maybe grab a couple other picks. They could do that. They could trade to four, let the Raiders take Kyle Murray, and they could maybe get another pick and draft an edge guy because one of those guys is going to be there. And if they don't want an edge guy, I mean, you got you have other guys, Dwayne Haskins, who I think is the best quarterback in the class. And you know someone's going to take a chance on DK Metcalf in the top 10. You just It's, it's going to happen. Which, I mean, I mean, if we're talking about receivers in the top 10 for the most part, that never works out. That no, rarely ever it works doesn't. out except for the A.J. Green, Julio Jones class. I mean, it, Jones class, it no, just doesn't yeah. work out. And, and remember... Remember the last wide receiver who was jacked and had a good combine and, and looked great the combine and looked like a freak of nature athlete? I mean, that was Kevin White. It, yeah, Kevin White, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, what, what's that guy that uh, he, oh, he ended up going in the second round? He, the, the guy that uh, the guy oh. that got taken like right after Alshon Jeffrey went to the Jets. You know who yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah, because – Georgia Tech guy. I can't remember oh, his name right Oh, my goodness. That's going to bother me now. Yeah, because I remember the Bears. I was so glad the Bears took Jeffrey instead of him. And, yeah, and he just co- complete bust. Oh, man. I can't think of his name. Well, I'll look it up in a little bit. But 
I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't, you know, if the Cardinals want to do it, go ahead, draft Kyler Murray. I hope Kyler Murray's a really good player. I never want to see a player be bad in the NFL, but I just don't, I don't, I just think that there's such, so much talent in the top 10 and in the top 10 prospects are so good and all could be franchise changers. I mean, you could get, you're not going to draft an offensive tackle at number one, but you can get a guy, you know, like Jawan Taylor from Florida or um, Andre Dillard from Washington State or someone that that you could have an anchor on your offensive line for years to come if you trade down to five or six or four even, you know. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad the Bears are not in the Cardinals position with that whole debacle that's going on but let's let's talk let's go into the free agency now um because today tuesday we're recording this the bears decided to free up some more cap space by letting go of sam acho um you know aaron i i i think i know how you feel on this um tell me if if you're grand how you feel or my statement on this but i like sam acho i think he's a good death move um i think he's a really good special teamer it was unfortunate he got hurt last year, and I think he does he does a tremendous job in the community in Chicago. He's always out there raising awareness and taking initiative to fix the problems around you know the city and, and help out. And do you think now when I see this, yeah, Pace needs to free up some cap space, a freed up what two point one million um, cap space. Do you think that you know that the Bears are trying to work this as they can bring him back and maybe a cheap one year deal, or do you think he's just Acho's gone for for good now? Well, I agree with your sentiment. I, I think in terms of him being a player on the field, um, he's not really that good. I'm still a little shocked that they gave him two years and five point five million dollars last year. That seemed a little weird to me, but I think yeah. I mean, when when you look at it, it's kind of an interesting move because he's more of a, a locker room guy and an off the field guy. He's he's somebody that the Bears organization, the McCaskies especially, have really leaned on uh, to, to move the Bears forward on social justice issues, uh, community uh, outreach, all that stuff. I mean, he's been a big part in that. And and I kind of, at least with me, I was a little surprised he got cut. I know a few people are like, why why are you surprised that a, you know, a below average guy got cut? But it's because of the value that he brings to the organization. But I think when you look at the situation, and even his tweet, he had a tweet earlier that basically thanked, uh, you know, thank Bears fans, thank the city of Chicago, all that stuff. The the way I read his tweet was, I don't think there's any talk of him coming back. And I, you know, I, it's one of the situations where I don't think the Bears are going to miss him on the field. They didn't when he when he got hurt last year. Uh, they save, you know, like you said, 2.1 million. But after you know, after you replace that roster spot, uh, it's more like 1.6. So I mean, it's not a huge cap move. But it also kind of shows you right now that the Bears are kind of, I wouldn't say scramble mode, because I don't think that there's any sort of panic, but I also think that they're kind of lining their ducks up and they're saying, okay, you know, we got to clear some space here. I think we're going to see some other moves. We'll have to see what happens. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later on. But it's just kind of one of those situations where we haven't seen the Bears in this this position for a while. They're not going to be able to spend on top top end talent, which is fine. They don't need any top end talent. Uh, but they're also going to have to work a little bit to be able to, you know, get the guys on a contract that they have or that they want and be able to go out and improve their team a little bit in free agency before the draft. But like I said, I was a little surprised by the move. I figured he was kind of an untouchable guy um, just for the simple fact he wasn't really making that much. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, they it, at least to me, though, my vibe was I don't think he's coming back. At least that's what I got out of his tweet. Yeah, and you saw how the players reacted. There was a couple of players actually quote tweeted it, and you know, um, I think it was Kylie Fitz that said it was the best teammate I've ever had. Roy Robertson Harris had some uh, special words. Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation. I agree with the take that he wasn't great on the field. Um, I, I agree with that, and he did get hurt last year. That obviously did not help his cause. Missed the entire season. So, yeah, I mean, now I think with you know losing. Acho on the edge as depth. Um, you you got to look now. You have a guy like Isaiah Irving who gets a chance. I don't think Aaron Lynch is going to come back. Um, and, and maybe this is now a position where the Bears can look at the draft, the later rounds, maybe a, a fourth or fifth round pick to kind of add some depth and get a young guy in there. Because right now, if you look at it, the Bears have Cleo Mack and Leonard Floyd, which is really damn good on the edge, probably among the best in the NFL. But behind that, I mean, who do you go to if one of them gets you know hurt or 
you know, they need to come out on a third down or, or a second down or anything like that. I think it's going to be a position that Ryan Pace is going to have to address. Maybe he goes with a veteran in free agency. Um, maybe he goes with a player in the draft. But I, I also think that Ryan Pace is going to free up some more money before everything's all said and done. I think there's a couple other potential moves we could see. I didn't think they were going to cut Sam Macho, so it was a little bit of a shocker to me. And I, I think we could expect a, l- a couple more moves, maybe free up some more cap space. I think so, too. And I, I think... You know, maybe maybe you disagree here, but my view on it is obviously I think that Bryce Callahan is the most important part. Nickel nickel corner in general is the most important position that they have to get figured out outside of kicker right now. Uh, but I think when you when you look at other needs, other other big needs, I think outside linebacker is a big one because you know people can look at it and say, okay, well they have Cleo Mack and they have Leonard Floyd, and yes, I agree, those are two very good starters. You have probably one of the best tandems in the league. The problem is, is that Leonard Floyd has had his issues with health. I mean, even last year, I mean, he didn't actually miss a game, but he still broke his hand in preseason and really wasn't the same player until about five or six weeks in. So you have to have that depth. Any good team that you look at, okay, look at look at the Rams this last year. I mean, they went out and they 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 went out and they traded for uh, uh, Fowler, Dante Fowler. I mean, it's a situation where you have to have good. Uh, rotational pass rush and you want to keep these guys healthy because the focus is no longer 16 games it's no longer a 16 game season this is this is anywhere from a 19 to 20 game season now because you're looking to win a super bowl regardless of how you get there whether you're playing the wild card round or not you're looking to win a super bowl which is a minimum of 19 games so i think when you look at a situation like that much much like their defensive line depth with you know having that rotational pieces like roy roberts and harris and Bilal Nichols, and hopefully they can get something out of Bullard. We won't hold our breath there. But to keep guys like Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman fresh, I think you're looking at the same exact concept with outside linebacker. You want to keep uh, Khalil Mack fresh. You want to keep uh, Leonard Floyd fresh and, and, and healthy. So I think in order to do that, I mean, you've got to put some priority. And I'm not saying go out and spend $10, $11, 12000000 million on a guy because I don't think that's realistic and I don't think that's necessary. And I'm also not saying that they need to go out and spend a third-round pick on that uh, position either. But I think when you look, especially, I mean, this is kind of more focused towards free agency here. When you're looking at free agency, there, like I said, I mean, there's there's top end talent. I mean, there's top end talent and there's there's second tier and third tier talent. And when you look at it, obviously, they're not going to be looking at guys like, let's say, Trey Flowers uh, or the Smith, you know, the, the Smith guys. Uh, maybe even Dante Fowler is probably going to be too expensive and Ziggy Ansa. But you got Terrell Suggs, who can make some sense on a one or two year deal. Shaq Barrett, depending on, uh, you know, what he's looking at in terms of overall money. You got Cameron Wake, who's out there. Derek Morgan, Alex Okafor, Deion Jordan, Clay Matthews, Vincent Mayoa. Uh, Bruce Urban. I mean, th- there's plenty of names. It's not going to be like last year where what Aaron Lynch was the the I would say probably the fourth best edge rusher that actually hit free agency. I mean, you're going to have quite a bit of talent. Aaron Lynch is going to be on the market again. The same thing with Jerry Atauchu, and Atauchu was one of the guys that was the first edge rusher off the market last year. And the same thing with Alex Okafor. I mean, he he had resigned as well. So. It's a situation where I don't think the Bears are going to have to spend a ton of money, but I do think that they need to sink a resource or two into it because when you look at the future, you have Khalil Mack who's going to be here for a while, but you also have a situation where Leonard Floyd has this year, which is the the last year of his rookie deal, and the fifth-year option. The fifth-year option is not cheap. And I think that at some point in time, okay, you you add a veteran guy, you know, and that's kind of the thing. I don't think age is really going to matter here, but I think at some point in time you're still going to want somebody – on a cheap rookie deal, you know, a third, fourth, fifth round pick that can actually produce. And I, I don't know. I've had the conversation with a few people. I, I, I like Isaiah Irving, but there's no way in hell right now that I'm putting him in the third outside linebacker position and relying on him to, you know, be able to pick up five, six sacks a year and play 40 or 50% of the snaps. That's just not something I'm doing. No, that's not realistic. I'm with you on that too. I think he's, I think he's a potential good fit as maybe fourth in the rotation, um, kind of what he did last year behind, you know, behind Lynch when he was healthy. Yeah, I mean, you talk like a guy like Dante Fowler, it kind of goes back to your point of how deep this class is and the teams have money to spend. I could see, you know, I think Dante Fowler's going to go after a big deal. Why, why wouldn't he, you know? I could see a team like the Jets or a team like the Colts give him that money and, and take him off the market. But when you look at the cheaper options, I mean, Terrell Suggs is a guy that comes to mind. You mentioned him. I think he's a good fit. He's a good veteran that can come in get in that rotation and play well. Bruce Irvin, he played with um, Cleo Mack in Oakland. They're really good friends. They're close. I thought he was an option, you know, to be picked up midseason, but obviously I think he went to Atlanta, so that didn't happen. 
Yeah, but I, I mean, outside of that, we still don't know Justin Houston's situation. There was conflicting reports um, that you know he was released and that the, he wasn't released, and, and they're going to have to make a call on Justin Houston or D Ford. So that's going to be interesting too. But I, I don't see the Bears giving out that big money to an to an edge guy when they already have Cleo Mack signed to a big contract. They have Leonard Floyd coming up two more years. He's got the fourth year, then the fifth year option. Um, I, I mean, I mocked it today in my mock draft. I had them taking an edge rusher. I believe it was in the fifth round. And I think that's that's a good round to find a guy that you could kind of groom a little bit, throw in the rotation, even if you add a veteran in, into the mix as well. So we'll see. And, and I don't think Aaron Lynch will be back, but don't rule it out completely. I, there's a there's a possibility he could come back. Um, there's been talk that maybe he lands with Fangio, files Fangio again to his third team in Denver. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 going to be plenty of options again. I mean, this isn't like last year. It's just really as simple as that. There's going to be options, uh, and and that's the other thing to keep in mind is because this free agent market is somewhat deep in a lot of positions, and there's such a fluctuation of the tiers and of talent where you're going to have the top end guys. You you haven't really seen those top end talents that have hit the market lately, and that's something that we're going to see that's going to be different. So. Again, those teams with eighty to one hundred million dollars in cap space, and there's there's a weird amount of those teams out there right now that can go out and spend that kind of money. Those are the guys that are going to go out and target. You know, maybe a guy like Dante Fowler, or even uh, even Shaq Barrett. Maybe those are guys that get a little overpaid for agency, and that's fine. The Bears have other options, uh, and like you said, Justin Houston's another one that could make some sense. We'll have to see because I still think. Uh, because of the numbers he put up, he's only 30 years old. Uh, he's somebody that I could see him hitting the market, and I think that he's going to have some value in the fact that because he would be cut, there's no way. I, I can't see any way a team's going to trade for him. I think he's got like a $21 million cap hit this year. I just I, I don't see any no way. Shape or, yeah, exactly. No and chance. the thing is he hasn't been healthy. But with that being said, when you see these veterans get cut like this, uh, you know, somebody like a Justin Houston, when that does happen, you know, I'm assuming it will, uh, he's going to be valuable too because any of these guys that get cut and become street free agents, uh, they can, one can sign any time, so that's a big deal. And two, they have no, they, they don't affect the comp pick balance at all. And I think that's something that, as Bears fans, that we're going to have to kind of pay attention a little bit to this year because, you know, if they do end up letting a guy like Callahan or Amos go or whatever it may be, they could be in line for you know a third or fourth round comp pick next year, depending on what kind of money these guys get and. I think that, especially when you're looking at next year, they don't have a first-round pick and they're not going to have a third-round pick. You're going to want those kind of picks. I mean, if it, even if it's a fourth-round pick, I mean, that's still that's still good to have. So I think that's kind of the other balance here. You don't want to overspend anyway, but I think you also don't want to overspend for the fact that you might actually get the first comp pick in a while. So, But again, I mean, we're, we're looking at a free agent class that has been probably one of the deepest ones in quite a while, which is quite interesting because a few weeks ago it didn't look like it was going to be like that. And the Bears have two big free agents that they got to figure out what they're going to do with as well. Yeah, it's shaping up to be like that. Um, let's let's get into our second break, and we'll talk about those two free agents and how this market, how the deep market can kind of uh, impact what the Bears do. We'll be right back. And welcome back into the Bear Report podcast. We are fresh into some free agent talk. Uh, we've been discussing a little bit about the NFL scouting combine and uh, the free agency period with the legal tampering that's coming up in next Monday, which is six days away. Um, Aaron, when we ta- look at the Bears, they have two big needs depending on what they do with um, their free agents. Obviously, Adrian Amos, Bryce Callahan, both set to hit the free market. What do you think... If you're Ryan Pace, which one are you trying to lock up right away? I, I think it absolutely has to be Bryce Callahan. I, I think the nickel corner position in general has been flying up over the last few years. I think we saw it with the Tavon uh, Young deal. And I just I, even when you, when you look at what, what's been going on with, with the reports and different stuff like that, Brad Biggs basically put out something. And he's somebody you want to pay attention to right about this time of year. And he said, I mean, he they, that that is their top priority, regardless if it's Bryce Callahan or they go out and they sign somebody uh, the, that should be their top priority. And I think it's going to be. Yeah, I'm with you on that too. I think it'll be easier to find a safety to replace Adrian Amos, whether it is through the draft or in free agency. I think you got a guy like Bryce Callahan in the nickel, and I think you can use, you know, a little bit to your advantage that he wasn't fully healthy last year. I think that's going to play a big part in, in the negotiations with Ryan Pace. And also, if you look at, it, I mean, you know, we've heard kind of the the thing about 
you know, it's easier to kind of plug and play in certain spots, but I think it's it's tougher to find a nickel than it is a safety, in my opinion, when you already have a Pro Bowl safety back there in Eddie Jackson. It's not like, I'm not saying you can just kind of throw anyone back in there and they'll, and they'll be fine, but if you look at Deion Bush last season, when he replaced Eddie Jackson, he was fine, mainly in part because Adrian Amos was pretty good last year. Um, I, I think it's, 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 for the Bears, if you want to find a nickel corner, I think you keep the one you have in-house. I think you, you reward him for what he's done, and, and you kind of just, okay, maybe we'll, you know, we'll try re-signing Adrian Amos. Um, maybe he'll take a team-friendly deal. Or you know, we'll look at the third round or the fourth, fourth round, or maybe even find a veteran to bring in at safety. Well, and I think it's one of those situations, okay, you're looking at right now, I think you can look at both markets and you can say, okay, you know, corner's a little down, but I think nickel corner is a position that's actually somewhat strong. I mean, obviously you have Bryce Callahan, you got Steven Nelson that's in that conversation, Jason Verrett, who's been hurt, uh, but you also have, uh, I'm trying to think who else, you got to, I think what, Morris Claiborne would probably fall into that category, oh, sorry, Dark West Denard would fall into that category, then you have Justin Coleman, Buster Screen, Brian Poole, yeah, Brian uh, Poole. yeah uh, Bodie Calhoun, the uh, the the corner slash safety um, from Cleveland, who's getting non-tendered. I mean, you got five or six guys, and that's kind of the thing we need to kind of you know to, to kind of realize here is that you know as you're seeing more names on the on the market, I think Bryce Callahan is absolutely the top name on the market. But the more names that you see, especially at nickel corner, the more it's going to help. And then you go and you look at safety, and I mean, you can break down this market because this is something that you really wanted to talk about. But I mean, there's a ton of options out there. Adrian Amos walks, and you've got multiple other options, even veteran guys that you can sign for probably cheaper and can get you by for a year or two. Yeah, and like you said with Callahan, I think it also applies to the safety market. I think having, you know, if 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 Ryan Pace's number one priority is to sign Adrian Amos, I think having this deep safety market helps him in a way where, you know, these, these top guys are going to go right away to teams with big safety needs. You know, there's going to be teams that may want to overpay for someone like Landon Collins or or the Honey Badger or Haha Clinton Dix, a player like that. I think it'll help Ryan Pace if, if Amos is his number one priority. Maybe, you know, Amos sees the market. Because you've got to think, as it stands now, Landon Collins is the best free agent safety available. And he's probably going to command 8 to $9 million annually is my best guess. Oh, um, man, I would say more than that. I think You he's think gonna it's going to be more? Oh, 10 to 12, I would say. Okay, either way, I think he's going to be the top. Oh, yeah, he yeah, will. Yeah. He'll he be will, the top. Absolutely. Well, I think Earl Thomas is going to ask for a ton of money, but you're yeah. also talking about a guy that's 31 coming off a season-ending injury. I think but, he's going to be surprised how how limited his market but is. But the, the, if there's a team that's going to give him that big money, it's going to somehow be Dallas. They'd be the only ones to give him that big money. I think you know if he, if, if he goes out there, if Earl Thomas goes out there and is commanding, like you said, what – what Landon Collins is, I don't think he gets uh, it unless it's from the, the Cowboys. Well, he was man. The last report I saw, and I thought it was kind of outrageous. He was asking for like fifteen million dollars a year, Christ. and the Cowboys are like, "No, I'm not doing that." And oh, I don't think any team will because you got to think Dallas. Oh is no, a team da- they had- Dallas would be the team in my eyes to do it if if there was a team. You see, but I, I kind of wonder about that because you got Zeke Elliott who's going to have to get paid. Byron Jones is going to have to get paid. You've also got uh, Demarcus Lawrence that's going to have to get paid and Dak Prescott. I mean, they got five or four guys coming up. I mean, I don't know. I, I think there's teams out there who could afford maybe the Colts. Uh, I mean, there's teams that make sense that could pay that kind of money. The fact is, I don't think anybody's going to. And I think you kind of agree with that as well. I just yeah. I, do, oh, I don't yeah. see fifteen million dollars a year for any safety that's not named Eddie Jackson right now. As biased as that may sound. <laughs> I just don't. Th- I don't think it's going to happen. But I mean, and you got other guys too. Like today, the big news: Eric Weddle. The the Ravens are parting ways with Eric Weddle, so you can get a veteran to kind of replace Adrian Amos if you want. I, I just I come back to the point where I think having this deep safety market helps Ryan Pace if Amos is his number one priority. Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, let, let's just read off this list. I mean, I got a list in front of me. You got Earl Thomas, uh, Tyron Matthew. Landon Collins, LaMarcus Joyner, Adrian Amos, Ha Ha Clinton Dix, Eric Weddle, Trey Burton, uh, Trey Burton, Trey Boston. That oh, Trey Burton's definitely <laughs> not safety. Uh, you got Adrian Phillips, Clayton Gethers, uh, Dion Buchanan, depending on if you evaluate him as a safety or a linebacker, Jimmy Ward, Kenny Vaccaro, Ricardo Allen, Mike Mitchell, who played really well for the Colts last year, and Glover Quinn. I mean, that's 16 names right there, right? It's a lot and of talent, too. That's a lot of talent, and you're not even talking about the, the draft. I mean, we're not even, we're not, we haven't even talked about the fact that there's probably, I would say, 10 to 12 guys that you could probably grade within the first three or four rounds of the draft. I mean, 
that's kind of the reality of the situation. I think what we're seeing is we're seeing a very similar situation to what we saw last year. And the fact that there's going to be some talented names, but I don't think you're going to see a lot of guys get paid. I think, like like he pointed out, I think, you know, Tyron Matthew, Landon Collins, uh, Earl Thomas, and LaMarcus Joyner are all guys, maybe not even Joyner. That hasn't really been much talk, but those three guys are probably going to get paid. I would say that... Those are my that, tier one. Those would be tier one guys. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you're probably looking at every single one of those guys getting close to $10 million, if not over. But then after that, it's kind of like, you know, you got your problems with Joyner. Adrian Amos is kind of a guy that, you know, as we know, has been kind of limited in coverage. Haha, uh-huh, Clinton Dix has kind of fallen off a little bit. His biggest issue is tackling and run support. So, I mean, it's like you start getting into that. I mean, Eric Weddle's a guy that could make some sense for some teams, maybe including the Bears, but he's also getting older. Uh, so he's not going to be a long-term option. Trey Boston's bounce around. Adrian Phillips is a guy that, you know, he, he could make some sense as well. But the, the point being is after those first few guys, you, you get out of the sure things, and then you're kind of looking at fit. And ultimately, I mean, in a few weeks ago, I didn't believe this was going to happen. But ultimately, I think that the Bears are playing this situation 100% right. Uh, I, I, I think with both players, but I think in, especially in terms of Adrian Amos, because you're talking about a guy who I can tell you right now, I've, I've heard two different numbers. Anywhere from 8 to $10 million is what he thinks he's worth per year. And his agent's going around throwing out, uh, you know, pro football focus grades and all this other stuff. And, and I think ultimately... Oh I know, and, and, and I think ultimately what's going to happen here is I think you have a situation where I, I think that you're going to see these these first few guys get paid, and then you're going to see the market kind of kind of topple out. You know, like I said, Joiner, Amos, Clinton, Dix, Weddle, Boston, Phillips. Those are all guys that are kind of in that second tier, right? But then you have other guys that maybe teams are going to want to take a you know take a little bit of a gamble on. But the thing is, is much like last year, you're going to see where, you know, those those few guys get paid and then everything else kind of stalls a little bit. And I could be wrong, but I think Amos and his agent have been waiting quite a while to get this payday. And I think ultimately what's going to happen is the Bears are going to say with both Callahan and Amos, go out and test the market. When you get a good offer, when you get, you know, an offer you're comfortable with, come back. And I think with Callahan, I think he's going to get anywhere from six to seven million dollar offers. It'd be interesting to see what happens in terms of you know the medicals and how how comfortable their teams are with that because there's a little bit more than just the fact that he's been hurt. It's something that the Bears feel that they they that they can control and that they're comfortable with. Be curious to see what other teams feel like that. But with the safety market, it's one of those situations where. The Bears and, and Amos aren't even in the, they weren't even in the same uh, universe in terms of in, in terms of uh, you know the the negotiation. So all of a sudden you're adding all these names onto the market, and now you got a guy in Amos who's going to go out and he's probably you know maybe uh, I think I saw the Jets are interested and the Broncos are interested, which is interesting because I've read a few different things uh, that basically there's people in Denver supposedly that on Denver Radio Talk that believe that Amos wants to stay with the Bears. And the the you know basically Amos's camp is kind of using the Broncos as leverage, but he wants to stay put. I think ultimately what you're going to see happen is you're going to see some of these guys fly off the board, and then you're going to see kind of a stalemate. And I think that Amos and his camp are going to have this price in mind. They're going to realize really quick that what the Bears are offering or what they may offer is probably going to be in the five to six million dollar range. I think you may see them come back. Uh, I mean, if if we're to believe what's been reported in terms of, you know, Biggs and those guys saying that they and even Ryan Pace said this, they it's not an either or situation. They want both guys back. I think if they can get both guys back at the right price and I think Adrian Amos, like I said, would be in that five to six million dollar range. I think that uh, Callahan's probably in the six to seven million dollar range. If they can if they can figure out a way to do that, I think they will. With that being said, and this is a question that we've talked a little bit about before, and I'm, I'll just ask you point blank. Is it a smart idea to sink? Let's just say, let's just say Amos was assigned for six million dollars a year, and let's say that Callahan signs for seven million dollars a year. Knowing how expensive the defense already is, does that even really make much sense for the Bears to be able to sign both players with the amount of guys that are out on the market that you can go out and get for a cheaper price? Well, so okay, when you ask that, you also have to take into account. I mean, the Bears are going to have big contracts coming up. Obviously, you know that. I we both know that. You know they're gonna have to sign Eddie Jackson. They're gonna have to sign Mitchell Trubisky. They're probably gonna have to sign Tariq Cohen or at least make a decision on him. Um, if I had a okay, so if I had to answer that personally with what I would do, I would go after Callahan. I would let Amos walk, especially if you're not even close and he is committing that money. Now, if there is that stalemate that you say that you think is gonna happen, um, and Amos comes back. I think you have to do your due diligence on looking maybe at a guy 
that you couldn't get cheap that you can get cheaper. Someone like you know Trey Boston, who's been solid. He's not a big name, but he's been solid over the couple past couple of years with different teams, with the Cardinals, I believe, and the Panthers. I think if you can find a guy to kind of use that metaphor again, like plug and play, and then if you have a guy in the draft that you really like at safety and you think he's going to be better than Adrian Amos down the line, I think you take that chance and let Amos walk. And I, I, I tend to agree with you because I think, again, you bring up a good point in the fact that the Bears have some contracts coming down the line. One contract that we're almost guaranteed to see this summer is going to be Cody Whitehair. Cody Whitehair is going to get extended, Correct, obviously. Yep. That's the offensive side of the ball. But, I mean, you got some guys coming up between, I mean, Eddie Jackson uh, and Tariq Cohen are going into their third years. The same thing, obviously, with uh, with Trubisky, but they'll have the fifth-year option on him. But, I mean, you're talking about a quite, quite a bit of talent that over the next few years is going to have to be resigned now. The one thing to keep in mind, obviously, is that going into next year, they're going to have guys like Taylor Gabriel. They're going to have guys like Prince of Mucamore, Allen Robinson, depending on how he plays, Trey Burton. A lot of these guys that they've signed within the last few years that they still have, uh, even re-signs and stuff like that. You know, uh, Danny Trevathan is going to be coming out of contract. Those are the kind of guys. I'm glad you mentioned Trevathan. Those are the kind of guys that they can they can they can either cut, they can move money around, they can extend, they can do whatever. There's going to be flexibility, but again. It kind of goes back to the thought process, okay, us as Bears fans, uh, uh, us as people who cover the Bears, who follow the Bears, whatever you consider yourself when you're when you're talking about you know the Bears and following them, we have been conditioned over the last four or five years to ultimately value keeping good players on the Bears because the Bears have not had very many good players. The reality of the situation has changed much over the last year, and that's the simple fact that the Bears are a good team. But unfortunately, with good teams, we've seen this with the Seahawks, we've seen it with multiple teams, because they're a good team, they're going to produce good talent. When they produce good talent, that talent's going to get overblown within the market because they're a good team, and you know, it's just, that's just how things go. The, the, the situation here is simple. They're not going to be able to keep everybody. So it, when I'm looking at it, right, when I'm looking at Callahan, when I'm looking at Amos, I think that Callahan, because of positional value and I think because of how he plays, I think that Callahan has more value. But when you're looking at Callahan and Amos, and especially Amos, I mean, where would you rank Amos when you're looking at, let's just say, the 12 starters on defense right now? And you're talking, let's just add the, you know, the the second uh, five tech in there, and let's also add the the nickel corner in there, because I mean, you're you're going to have 11 guys out on the field, but you're either going to have an extra defensive lineman or you're going to have an extra safety. So when you're looking at the 12 positions right there, and this is an exercise that us and a few other people did a few days ago. Um, when you look at those, when you look at those names, where would you objectively rank Amos at? Because I mean, you can you can think about all the starters and all the talent they have. When you start stacking those names together, I was originally thinking you know seven or eight, but when you really actually look at it, I mean, he's closer to ten than he is to seven. I yeah, I agree. I think you have Mac Hicks Jackson as probably your elite right there. The three elites. Um, I, I'm putting Roquan over him, Trevathan over him, Fuller over him. Um, Probably Eddie Goldman. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, Eddie Goldman. Well, Nichols. Sure. I'd even go. Oh no, you're talking to starters, right? Well, yeah, but yeah. I, I would consider Nichols a starter at this point. I think okay. he's the other five tech, so I, I, I'd say that's fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you are looking more towards nine, ten on that list, which is you know that's kind of surprising to me because I think I think Amos is a good player. I think he's he, he's got value to the Bears. I think having pairing him with Eddie Jackson. Um, for the future would be a good thing. It's just got to be at the right price for me. And, and if they're a long ways away, like, like, you know, they have been, I don't think, you know, Ryan Pace can give in, and he didn't give in earlier. I don't think he can give in and pay Amos that money, especially when you can go out and maybe, I mean, Ryan Pace has been money in, in on day, late day two and day three of his, of his, you know, NFL general manager career, bringing in guys that are talented. I mean, very talented. I Who's to say he can't do it again? Um, I just think it's easier to kind of plug in and play a safety while keeping that nickel corner in Bryce Callahan. Well, I a hundred percent agree. And I think that's really what this is going to come down to. And, and again, it kind of goes back to, you can't keep everybody. And I, that goes no. for both sides of the that's ball. That's why you have and to draft well too. Exactly. And that's one thing that Ryan Pace has done really well with. I mean, Adrian Amos is a fifth round pick. Eddie Jackson was a fourth round pick. I mean, you just have to look at the situation. Brian, Bryce Callahan was an undrafted free agent. You know, it, it's just, you have to – it gets to a point where it's changing the mindset. It's really what this is. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't re-sign both players. I'm just saying, like you are, that 
the price has to line up. And I think that the the overall price of what you're looking at with Bryce Callahan, the, the ceiling that you can go with him versus the ceiling that you can go with Amos is much different because the the reality is if 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 sorry, if Eddie Jackson continues to play the way that he's been playing, then he's going to be a 13 to 15 million dollar year safety. And I don't think you can have. 20 22 million dollars tied up in safeties and it just kind of goes back you're always going to have to have rookies on you're always going to have to have starters on rookie deals or you know contributors of some sort and the bears are kind of getting that point where when you look they don't have any of those they have roquan smith who if we're being completely honest i mean roquan smith was the number eight overall pick i mean he's already averaging close to five million dollars a year in contract i mean he's already getting paid as a middle tier linebacker, then you got Danny Trevathan who's coming out of contract, but you got you're already going to be pouring in a ton of money with your corners. I guess my point is, it kind of gets to a situation where you're going to have to bleed a little bit of talent, or at least proven talent, knowing that you're going to be able to replace that. And I think that Ryan Pace has done a good job of that. And I think whether it's Amos and or Callahan, or it's next year, or it's a year after, at some point in time, it's going to get to a point where the Bears are going to have to do that, and that's just the reality of where they're at. I mean, the cap's going to keep going up, but when the cap goes up, prices of players go up. And, you know, that that's just something that you have to be able to be comfortable with replacing. And I guess my, you know, my last thought on this topic, especially with Amos, would be simple. I think Adrian Amos is a good player. I also think that when you look at the value that he brings to this defense versus Bryce Callahan or really a lot of other guys on this defense, his value is absolutely in the bottom, you know, fourth of what you look at as the starting defense. And I think at some point in time, you had just have to understand that you can't pay the, you know, the eighth or ninth or 10th best player on your defense. You can't pay him six or seven million dollars a year. And it just doesn't really make much sense to do. And like I said, I mean, there's plenty of options out there, whether they want to go out and draft somebody in the third, fourth, fifth round, or they want to sign a guy like a Brian Poole or, you know, a cheaper option that has some versatility. I, I think that Chuck Pagano is also going to want more versatility within the within the defensive backfield anyway. And that's something we haven't really talked about. Yeah, and you, and you can't, you know, like you said, you can't tie up all that money into two safeties. When you have other players to pay on the offensive side of the football, there's going to be contracts coming up. There's going to be, you know, you're going to have to draft well. You're going to have to, it's just, that's just the reality of the NFL. This, this stuff happens. You know, it's hard to sustain success. And the good teams that do it, they draft really well and find veterans, cheap veterans on the market to kind of plug in and play. Um, I want to get into the offensive side. One position on the offensive side of the ball, I think is very important. Um, let's get into that. But before we do that, let's hear our, our from our sponsor for the final time. And welcome back into the Bear Report Podcast. We are still talking free agency. Um, the market opens up next week, the legal tampering period. We just got done talking about the two needs on the defensive side of the football with Bryce Callahan and Adrian Amos set to test the market. Aaron, I want to talk a little bit about running backs because everything we heard from the scouting combine suggested that the Bears are going to add a running back. Whether it's going to be in the draft or in free agency, the Bears are going to add a running back and they might do so while keeping Jordan Howard. We don't know Jordan Howard's future yet. Um, I think it's realistic to say that you know they could bring in a running back as well as play out Howard's final year of his contract uh, to look kind of to upgrade that third running back and, and kind of move Tariq Cohen more into a more of a gadget role as a receiver. There's some nice, interesting names in this running back list um, that are set to be free agents. Obviously, the Bears aren't. They're not going to get Le'Veon Bell. Would completely shock me. It'd completely shock you too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm not expecting anything like that whatsoever. Yeah, we'll cross him off the list. Um, Kareem Hunt did sign with the Browns, so he's gone. But then you look, it's a very talented list. you got a guy like Mark Ingram, Tevin Coleman, um, TJ Yeldon, Spencer Ware, CJ Anderson. Those are kind of the five big names right there, right off the bat. Um, my fit, my best fit, I I would love if the Bears did go free agency route for the running back. I would love Spencer Ware. I think he's the best fit out of those five. Um, I wouldn't be disappointed with any of the other ones. I just think Ware, you know, he's been in Nagy's system. He's a good pass-catching back. He can get it done. He's, he's had had a, some injury concerns, which which worries me. But I think for the best, if you can get him at good value, I think he's a nice guy you can, you can throw in with Howard and Cohen in the mix. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because I'm kind of I'm in the in the corner of I think they're going to sign one and I think they're going to draft one and I think they're going to, I don't think they'll spend a ton of money on signing one but I think they're going to draft one in the fourth third or fourth round and I mean those names you just mentioned I, I know a lot of people have been asking about Tevin Coleman uh, Coleman's one of those guys to me that I don't think he's going to be worth the seven or eight million dollars a year that he's reportedly asking for. 
And at least everything that I've read so far has been either the Jets. Or Jets have a ton of money. They have the most money out of any team in free agency right now. They're either going to get Bell or Coleman. And it, it doesn't really sound like Le'Veon Bell is going to have a giant market. So it wouldn't surprise me if they end up falling back on Coleman feeling more safe with him. But you got Coleman. Uh, one of my favorites is Mark Ingram. He's a little older, 29 years old. But you're not really looking. And that's the other thing that kind of, at least in my mind frame, when I'm looking at, and this is why I'm saying sign one and draft one, is because I think when you when you look at free agency right now and you look at running backs in free agency, the chances of being able to hit on a free agent running back uh, historically are not very good. So I think when with that in mind, I think you're kind of looking at fits. Like you said, Spencer Ware makes a lot of sense. My only issue with Spencer Ware is the fact that the dude cannot stay healthy. I mean, that's just that's kind of one of those things that if you were to do that, you'd want to keep Jordan Howard. And so you were able to draft one, then you trade him on draft day, or you keep Jordan Howard in general. I, I mean, that's just kind of, you know, whatever you want to do. Uh, TJ Yeldon's another one that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but the only issue with TJ Yeldon is that their owner, um, owner GM, I can't really remember the specifics of it, basically called him, flat out called him, him and Leonard Fournette out at the end of the season, saying that they're, the way that they're handling things was not acceptable. So that's going to be uh, questionable. So. I mean, there's definitely some good names on the list. Um, I think that Ingram, Yeldon, or even Ware would uh, definitely make some sense. Even a guy like Ty Montgomery could make some sense as well. But I think in the long run, when you're looking, you're kind of, you know, Matt, ne- Matt Nagy said it himself. He's not looking for a running back in his system that can carry the ball 25, 30 times a game. Like, you're, you're looking at two guys that can split the, uh, split the carries. And that's kind of why I like Mark Ingram so much is because he's kind of got low carries. Uh, you know, low mileage overall, and he's used to being in a split back system. And I think that's exactly what the Bears are trying to do. With that being said, I'm not sure if they're going to spend five or six million dollars on a running back per year, which is why Spencer Ware could make so much sense, because he's probably only going to cost two or three million dollars a year. And you're probably not going to have to go long term with him. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think the Bears are going to draft a running back. Uh, I think they're going to do it in the third round. I think there's a couple of names um you know, the guys that they've met with so far, but I think there's a couple intriguing names out there that's going to catch Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's eye. You know, the whole Jordan Howard thing, it's 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 becoming, you know, the the, the time where the free where um, the scouting combine begins and into free agency has just become Jordan Howard rumor season. I mean, it's happened the last year. It's almost the exact date was the same rumor that the Bears are shopping Jordan Howard. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because... Obviously, the way that Matt Nagy described his ideal running back, that wasn't Jordan Howard. He didn't fit the mold. But at the same time, you have to look back at last year. Howard did struggle, but he did show some signs of improving as the year went on. Overall, his numbers weren't great. His yards per carry were down. He just doesn't fit. And and if the Bears can get that third rounder for him, which I think is thrown out the window now, but if the Bears can get a third or fourth rounder for him, I, I definitely pull the trigger, especially with some talented running backs in this draft. Yeah, I, I, I think, man, it's one of those things. I think there's been the raging war between, you know, you either love Jordan Howard or you, you just don't think he fits. And then there's been the raging war between Adrian Amos is worth $8 million a year and Adrian Amos is replaceable. I those think those are, are the, kind of the. That's what Bears Twitter's divided on, man. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it comes down to, those two players. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I'm firm in my belief, especially with Jordan Howard. I, I could go either way on Amos, but uh, with Jordan Howard, I think he's a good running back. I don't think he fits. I, it's just as simple as that. I don't think he fits. There's a lot of other people who don't think he fits. There's some people who do think he fits. I think ultimately, like you just said, though, Matt Nagy, what he described his ideal running back as and the ideal role that he expects his running back to have, the, that just doesn't fit Jordan Howard. I mean, it's just really as simple as that. And I think there's there's enough guys within free agency and enough guys in the draft where you can probably upgrade uh, or you know at least upgrade the fit at the position. That's the other thing, too, keep in mind. Kareem Hunt left Kansas City. Damian Williams steps in and plays outstanding. I mean, it's one of those situations where sometimes it's all about the schematic fit. And, I mean, there's very similar offense between Andy Reid and Matt Nagy, obviously. So it's just one of those things that I wouldn't get overly hung up on the name. I think it's going to be one of those situations where they're going to look for fits. They're going to look for guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield, that can block, that can do pretty much everything, have a little bit more top-end speed and and burst uh, coming off the line and be able to get to the second level. I think those are the things that you're going to look for. And, it, and it's it's one of those things, I, you know, the Bears have a good history of running backs. They have a deep history of running backs. They always kind of have. But the one thing to keep in mind, especially in today's NFL, running backs are interchangeable and their value is low for, for a reason. And I think that you just kind of have to keep that in mind where 
there's plenty of running backs that come in each year that you know aren't projected as starters and end up playing really well for teams. Philip Lindsay's one of them. Like I said, Damian Williams played really well. I mean, there's guys every year. They you don't have to go out and spend a top ten pick on a Saquon Barkley. I mean, those guys are generational talents, or even Zeke Elliott. Those guys are generational talents, but they're not going to come around very often. But most importantly, that's not what the Bears need in their system. And, and when you listen to Matt Nagy speak, the two names that come to me in the draft, uh, Darrell Henderson from my, from Memphis and Devin Singletary from Florida Atlantic, those guys fit Matt Nagy's system in my opinion. Um, dude, I'm falling in love with Bright, with the Bears taking Bryce Love in like the fifth or seventh round. Am I crazy for this? Um, no, I I mean, dude, Bryce Bryce Love was probably what he I, I think that's he was a first round projected. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a first round but, talent. Yeah, so I I think. I, I mean, the, there's a situation where I could see them kind of doing what Denver did, where they draft a running back and then either take one late or you know sign one and, as an undrafted free agent. I mean, there's I there's an absolute way that they could do that. And Bryce Love, I think, because of his health issues, because he his size wasn't maybe as good as some people thought. I mean, he's absolutely somebody who could drop to the seventh round. The biggest thing to keep in mind with the draft and running backs is. It's very unpredictable. I mean, it's not one of those situations because everybody's looking for a different fit. Everybody's looking for a different style. It's not one of those things where it's a one-size-fits-all running back, where it is, you know, at, at different positions. You know, this is going to be a this is going to be a position where I think people are going to be very surprised where some of these guys go. Um, but no, I mean, I I'm not as in love with Bryce Love as some people are, but I can also see that it, I I'll be honest, I I wouldn't want them to take him and only him. I, I think that would be a mistake. Um, but then again, I'm also kind of in the same boat with, uh, Rodney Anderson. I love Rodney Anderson. I watched him at Oklahoma. The dude is a, I'd say he's probably a top 10, top 15 talent. If you just stayed healthy, the problem is, is he's obviously had some issues there. So I would love for the bears to take him, but again, I would kind of want them to be able to take somebody, you know, obviously sign somebody and then have somebody as kind of a backup plan just in case the health thing did fall through because health is a big question for running backs and especially guys like Bryce Love or even Roddy Anderson, where they have quite a bit of snaps already under their belt coming out of college. Yeah, I mean, if they're taking just Bryce Love, I wouldn't be happy with that. Because that's a, I mean, that's a big, big risk. Um, if they signed someone like Spencer Ware and then took Bryce Love, I wouldn't be as mad. Um, let's wrap it up, though. But before we do that, I want to get your needs. Rank the needs for the Bears on offense going into free agency, and I'll tell you mine. Well, I think... Uh... I guess it depends on how you look at it. I think obviously kicker's got to be number one. But again, I don't think that uh, that's going to be something that they can attack in free agency. Signing Goskowski or uh, Myers doesn't make any sense. Um, so I'd say uh, kicker, uh, running back, and I would say probably a third tight end, more of a blocking tight end, maybe a guy like Demetrius Harris. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I guess maybe I'm kind of in the boat. I'm kind of curious to get your thoughts on this because I'm kind of in the boat that I think for the most part outside of running back and kicker, obviously um, – I think that a lot of the offensive improvement is going to come within. I think that there's obviously pieces that they can add, but I don't think they need to go out and spend 10 or $15 million a year on a player or add a ton of names to what they already have. I think it's just more of the development for year one to year two in Andy Reid offenses is always a very big jump. Yeah, if so if I had to rank the Bears' offensive needs, um, mine would be very similar. I think I'd go kicker, running back, um, and then, yeah, another tight end. I think they're going to address tight end and running back in the draft. I actually think they're going to address kicker, too. Um, in my mock, I had running back in the third, tight end in the fourth, kicker in the seventh. Yep, kicker in the seventh. Um, obviously, I think we're both in agreement here that Callahan, Amos, nickel safety is at the top of the list. Then I'd say kicker. I'd say those are the three most important needs. I think those are tier one for the Bears. Then I think you go running back and tight end after that, then edge depth. Um whether it's free agency or the draft. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. I, and I think the, the Bears don't have a ton of needs, and they're not going to need a ton of money to do what they're going to need to do, and they're not going to need a ton of draft picks to do what they need to do. But I do think that Ryan Pace needs to stay focused. And I think if you can kind of level yourself out in terms of free agency and you know make you know keep the same talent level maybe a little bit above and then go into the draft and add some pieces and you're kind of looking long term here with some of these you know some of the lower round picks that you're going to have. Uh, but I mean, this is the Bears are in the middle, right in the middle of their uh, their Super Bowl window. So I mean, this is an important off season, even if it's not going to be as glorious and you know as, as fun and as you know as spendy as it has been in the past. It's still an important one, and Ryan Pace still needs to you know keep his eye on the prize. And I absolutely think he will. I, I trust Ryan Pace 100. percent 
it's just a little different because for the first time in a while, I'm not really sure what they're going to do this offseason. And I, th- I think it's going to be a fun offseason, too. We have both have said I think it's going to be more interesting than Bears fans think, um, especially with Pace freed up some more money now. I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see the moves over the next week. Um, we'll talk again next week, and I think there'll be a lot more news than we kind of expect um, when we when we record the show, whether it be Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think it, the free, free agency is always a whirlwind, and it's always a little bit unpredictable, but – I think uh, I think most Bears fans are going to be happy, uh, you know, this time next week or maybe a little bit after. But uh, they're they're going to make some moves. I think they're going to find ways to improve the team. And like I said, I have I have full faith. It's just kind of at that point where it's like I'm I'm ready to see it in action. I'm tired of talking about it. I'm ready to actually see it on paper. I'm with you, man. Uh, Aaron, thanks for joining me again. It was always it's always a great time. Love breaking down the Bears um, with the free agents period now kicking off the off season. We're gonna have a lot more to talk about. I don't think we're gonna have any slow podcasts. No, probably not. I mean, it's going to be the the next few weeks are definitely going to be interesting. Free agency slows down a little bit, but then it jumps right into the right into the draft, and uh, you know, so we we got some we got some fun stuff coming up. I mean, we're definitely going to keep you guys entertained throughout the off season, and we'll probably keep ourselves entertained throughout the off season. Yeah, at least we'll try our best to keep ourselves entertained. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. You can find me on Twitter at at zach z a c k underscore. Pearson, um, Aaron, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL 1M and Lemming. Um, as always, you can read our work on the Bear Report. Um, drop by, read our stuff. It'll be interesting for agency. Um, like, rate, review, do whatever you have to do on um, any podcast platform that we're on. And uh, we'll see you again next week with ho- hopefully some more good news and some exciting news. Take it easy. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.